Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Democratic strategist attorney, uh, Larry Daniel Favors, also in the streets. And I, um, I wanted to also, we were talking when Kenneth C. Davis was talking about gerrymandering. I wanted to give you a nod because this is one of Larry's projects coming up. So it was the census last year, get y'all oh, yeah. all. Now it's going to be figuring out how to not, not have them district us out of power. And so I want to applaud you for the work that you're doing with the Center for Law and Social Justice. Thank you. Uh, Don, with your work, you're in you're in D.C. Um, as you watch the inauguration today and pop the bottles for Kamala Harris, uh, who went to Howard in D.C. Indeed. What what do you see as the future? What what stood out for you um, in this inauguration and in this period of time that we can yeah. hold on to? Well, I, going through last night and even even up to now, to be honest, I got this just really strange kind of alchemy and mix of feelings, right? I don't feel as excited as I should because you can't look at this and not just be a little bit sad for what we lost over the mm. last four years and not just what we lost in terms of our highest ideals and the best of who we're supposed to be, but actual people who died and had a really rough time under this past uh, occupant. We can't call him the president, not just a, the dude who was there, right? Um, and, I, and part of me is just sad that we allowed ourselves to get here as a people. And I'm thinking like our Jewish brothers and sisters, you know, hashtag never again, you know, that's just top of mind for me is never again. We can't allow ourselves to get to this place ever again where we elect someone who represents the worst of our impulses. Yes, we'll, rep- we'll elect a conservative again. Yes, we'll be represented by a Republican again. But I hope we never are again represented by somebody so doggone small and somebody so petty and somebody who just simply does not represent anything that any of us would ever aspire to be. Uh, but as I told everybody, you know, Trump is us. Trump is a manifestation of the ugly that's in all of this country. And we cannot allow that ugly to go unchecked such that it rises to the top and, and, and eventually ends up in leadership. But if I were to allow myself to let go of the skepticism and, and the angst for just a minute, there was a tremendous amount of joy. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Obama came out and just slayed, and, and that was a moment of joy for black America. At least it was for me in my house, right? Uh, and then Kamala came down, that purple was shining. Uh, we, just, we just were so happy. And I had two little boys, and I was able to watch them, watch it, take it in answering their basic questions about what this meant, uh, you know, not only for the culture, but for the country. And it was just, it was, it was a really, it was really cool. Uh, and one thing I will say, last thing that, you know, I'm glad ain't no balls tonight because we don't need no super strategy, but, but, you know, it might work out for the best because they need to get to work. You know, mm-hmm. the offices was right there, right behind them. So y'all turn around from inauguration, go in them Capitol offices behind you, and get straight to work. I got a lot of friends going in the administration, and they got to get to it today. Ain't no time for parties. Don't nobody need to be pressing no tuxedos or no hair, and let's just get to it right now. Because uh, if you know how D.C. works, you got this year, this calendar year, and next calendar year to legislate and do the people's work, and then it's kind of going to be a lame duck situation in terms of moving a legislative agenda. So this calendar year is extraordinarily important, and we got stuff to do right now, right now, as they say. And, uh, you know, I'm just ready to get to it. Based on what you're looking at and how you're taking it all in from from your professional uh, opinion, 
we, we hear a lot about the first 100 days, right? <laughs> Those first 100 days are a, are a huge marker, but I'm glad you laid out this calendar year and next calendar year because I think that gives people a, a framework to understand we don't have a four-year period to get work done in. We have this two-year period. There'll be another election, a federal election in two years. Uh, the balance of power in the House or the Senate may shift in ways that are not favorable to us. What is it that should be top of mind for Black community organizers, uh, people who are in the streets, people who are at the barbershop and the hair salon who just got turned on to politics because of what they saw happening in Georgia, whatever it may be, what needs to be top of mind for us as we move forward in this first hundred days? Yes, but particularly in the next two calendar year cycles. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful question, Sister Lurie. So I think immediately day one, I think all hands on deck in reversing some of the damage that we know about from the previous administration. So even as you saw today, I think through this week and next week, we got executive orders to get ourselves out of all of the Trump executive orders, um, you know, get back in the Paris Climate Accords. That matters to black communities more than we might even know. Um, I think we've got to reverse the Muslim ban. We've got to reverse the ban on uh, uh, trans members uh, of our of our community serving in the military service. All of that stuff, that craziness, like, Stop the bleeding on that immediately. Then you got to look to, uh, I mean, honestly, you know, this puts even more pressure on the legislative agenda because I think immediately you've got to look to getting this vaccine out. Trump is so stupid that he could have gone out a hero if he had dedicated himself to Operation Warp Speed and getting his vaccine distributed, regardless of how terrible he had been over the last four years. If he had put together a federal plan and a federal strategy to distribute and get this vaccine in folk arm, get shots in people arms, he could have done that over the last 60 days of his administration post-election, and he would have gone out a hero. But mm. he's dumb, so he didn't. So I think that Joe Biden's first priority has got to get the drugs in people's arms. He's got to get people across all communities, of, regardless of geography, to take that shot. Uh, I, and I, I'm almost inclined wow. to say, you know, let the people prioritize in terms of who gets it, right? So let the people self-regulate in terms of elderly or poor or whatever, but people need to self-organize and get that vaccine because there is no moving forward until we get past COVID. There is no getting past COVID without the vaccine. So first priority is getting past COVID. Second priority is a massive infrastructure package. And I think mm. we've got to look at infrastructure differently than we ever have in this country. Typically, we look at infrastructure. I know a lot of us start following this thing in 2009 when, uh, when 44 became president, and we talked about infrastructure in terms of shovel-ready projects, right? Identifying stuff in every congressional district that would do immediate benefit to the com communities, building bridges, roads, so-and-so, and, you know, create jobs as well as immediate community benefit. But we need to look at infrastructure in that traditional sense, but also a broader sense. To me, the broader sense means, as we've seen right now with folks being home, there's a tremendous amount of weight on our broadband and mm. telecommunications infrastructure. We have got to strengthen that nationwide. We have got to get both hardware, software, and fiber optics across the country, regardless of zip code, regardless of income, regardless of ability to pay. We have got to strengthen the Internet superhighway for the first time in its existence for everybody so that we can all mm. participate. There is no participating in an educational economy. There is no participating in a jobs or future economy without strong, reliable Internet. And we've got to have that across the country, across the board. And we know what that means for black and brown communities. We can't forget that we got black folks in South Carolina. We got black folks in the black belt of Alabama and Missouri and Mississippi, where Mississippi. I'm from, who don't have reliable Wi-Fi and 4G. I mean, folks ain't got 3G, not to mention 5G. 
which mm-hmm. a lot of folks are on to now. So we have got to shore up this infrastructure across the country. We still have a whole lot of folks who don't have uh, even irrigation infrastructure, particularly, you know, Black Belt, Mississippi Delta. You still see outhouses, right? And that has to be fixed. It, it's time to modernize everybody and everything in order to create equal opportunity in this country. Then, hopefully, June, July, we can talk about us. Oh, and by the way, infrastructure means hardware, too, right? So where people need laptops, where people need routers, so on and so forth, we've got to deliver for the people. And lastly, I think that there has to be a serious, serious look at a criminal justice slash social justice agenda. We've got to talk about, if not defunding, which I'm all for having that conversation, we've got to talk about reliable public safety programs, not only so that people are safe in the streets, but that people are safe from the folks folks who are supposed to be policing us. So we just have got to have a whole lot of discussion. Honestly, Joe Biden was not my guy. I was with Cory Booker. Then I was with Kamala Harris. Then Deval Patrick hired me to help run his campaign. So, right. So, you know, listen, I, I, hey, you know, at least you can say I was with the black folk. But the reality of the matter is that Joe Biden was the person most qualified for what the Bible says is uh, such a time as this. Such right. He had relationships in Congress. He had the experience with the way that our American government works. And by the way, young folks, experience still matters. The reality of the matter is we got to have a guy who can come in there and address a whole lot of real serious, real important stuff at once. Now it's time to show and prove. And I think that our obligation uh, as the culture, as the hood, as the streets, is to hold him up to and hold Kamala up to the stuff they said they was going to do, right? We don't have a whole lot of time to do it, but now is the time for us to be active parts in our democracy. And I know I'm filibustering, so I'm going to stop right here. A lot of us think that our job is to vote. That's only part of our job. That's the right. The other part of our job, which is equally important as citizens and active participants in this democracy, is to make them do what they said they were going to do, right? Come on. And that Come on. starts today. Uh, so your boy is gone. Ain't no more blaming him, right? We were sending these executive orders. Ain't no more blaming him. We have got to hold Joe and Kamala to what they said they were going to do, and we've got to help them execute in communities starting tomorrow. All right, that's usually reserved for the Reed Daniel favors, so we're going to have to find a southern. What is the southern version of the Jamaican horns? The Reed. Yeah, the, yeah, huh? yeah. What, 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 what good you, question. What, is it some, some Louisiana? Zuzuvela some trombones. We need a southern version because I suspect that Don Calloway is going to be back. I just, I, hey, I just consulted I the Oracle. And the Oracle said Don Calloway gonna be back on the show. I got that same message. I, and I was you? told to tell you that you might want to consider that. So I'm glad you already heard the Oracle. I see. I didn't to do it. I but here's that. the thing about what you know: the spirit, the one voice. You know, mm. when they say my sheep hear my voice, there's just one it. voice. Mm. Whether you hear it or not is is your spiritual alignment. And we are aligned, sister and brother. I love where we are right now. This is amazing. Okay. I have two lawyers. I'm rubbing my hands together. Yeah. Uh, the outgoing person, and I put a little T to the, tr- to the rump, a little T to the rump, uh, a part in 140 people gave him clemency. <laughs> Among them, Lil Wayne, Kwame Kilpatrick, some uh, black mafia person. Uh, it was just a, a, a Steve Bannon. Who is your favorite person that he pardoned and the the worst pardon among them? Don, go first. Oh, you know what? Let me let Lori go first because you did filibuster. Yeah. You did do that. Okay. 
Oh, you know what? There are so many and they actually were in a theme, I thought. And it was funny because I was going to say, well, of course, my favorite pardon is Little Wayne. Not because I'm a huge Little Wayne fan, but because we saw the pardon process kind of from start to finish, the corrupt pardon process, I would say, from start to finish with Little Wayne. And then there was Elliot Brody. I mean, so many things that you could love to hate there. There were so many financial Wait, who criminal. the hell is Elliot Brody? Who, Wait, hold on. So El- who is Elliot Brody? <laughs> so Elliot Brody, um, you can tell I've been far too much uh, uh, Rachel Maddow, but Elliot Brody is an operative um, who was a top fundraiser uh, he was someone who's been involved in not just this, the scandals of this administration. He's been involved in multiple uh, scandalous behaviors involving both Trump and other uh, Republicans. And so when you saw his name on the list, it was like, come on, dude, seriously. Um, he's been involved in everything from covering up uh, uh, affairs to covering up uh, unwanted pregnancy, unwanted by the, the man who was not pregnant with the baby, uh, all sorts of things. And so he's just a, a, a cesspool of joy juicy, gossipy information. But between him and Wayne, I felt like it really did show you just how grimy and messy this administration is. So we say that Lil Wayne came out a couple months ago in support of Donald Trump. And at that time, we was like, Really do, because he wasn't the first rapper. He wasn't the first. He wasn't the only rapper who came out in support of Lil Trump. But he was the uh, little Trump. He was the only one who came out in support. <laughs> who didn't already have some sort of political plan or agenda that he had been talking about. And we were then reminded that, oh, right, he's been arrested recently for possession of weapons that he is not allowed to have due to his past conduct and behavior and his involvement with the criminal justice system. So when it came out that he was actually getting a pardon, it was like, ding, 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 ding. Of course he's getting a pardon. He came out and encouraged black people and now horribly horrifically fitting sweater. I'll never forget it with the turtleneck. It was the red, white, and blue. So, I mean, it was just standing next to Trump. It was, The image is forever negatively seared in a spot in my brain that I would love to cleanse with Clorox and or bleach or Dettol if we're trying to keep it real for the Caribbean people and the family. But it was such a great example of you give me something, I'll give you something. And it, it just reeks of the, and I don't know if there was any official quid pro quo. So let me just say, this is just an understanding this is just uh, something that appears to be the case. I have no proof or evidence of this. So this is all an alleged uh, moment. It's an observation. But to go from, I don't care about Black Lives Matter. All I care about is my B words, Lil Wayne, to Trump is the best thing that ever happened to black people, to now Lil Wayne is getting a pardon. It just really, for me, encapsulated everything about this presidency as it pertains to the greed, the self-interest, and the willingness to sacrifice an entire community of people for your own self-good. He was willing to encourage black people to stand by this man who has destroyed our communities, destroyed educational opportunities, destroyed housing opportunities, uh, jacked up the economy, and allowed us to die by the hundreds of thousands because of a virus and the the response to which was, was feeble at best that to me was like well this this is america this is america all right all right don don calloway looks like he we we, i'm turning the double dutch rope and he's like let me in let me in you can follow him by the way at d c for don calloway stl for the place missouri st louis i'm imagining dc stl you can follow him on the twitters go ahead sir Yo, that was some heat, Sister Lurie. Fantastic. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Well brother. done. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, 
she said it all. I will just list up the name of our good brother from Detroit, former mayor, brother Sam mm-hmm. U. Rattler, Kwame Kilpatrick. That's another one where you're like, yo, that's kind of crazy. I mean, look, um, you know, how do we break this down philosophically or on an individual basis? Kwame Kilpatrick is a rotten dude, right? Fundamentally corrupt. That said, I don't think nobody deserves 28 years for a nonviolent crime particularly where you didn't steal mm. people's 401k, i.e. Wall Street bankers who are still walking free from mm. what they did in 2008 and so on and so forth. Um, Kwame Kilpatrick uh, apparently has done a lot of good in jail, um, certainly deserved some time, did not deserve 28 years. I'm glad he's coming home. And we can talk about and scrutinize the way he's, 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 he's now pardoned, how that came to be. Uh, but the reality of the matter is, uh, you know, the president has exclusive power to pardon anybody within his or someday, hopefully, her reach. And uh, Brother Kwame coming home, uh, you know, he don't never need to be in nobody's office again. He don't need to run for mayor of Detroit <laughs> again. But, uh, you know, I, I wish he but had he could. done a better job. I wish he'd done a better job because, but he, he, could. You know, he could. He could run it. He might. But the reality is that. When guys like Kwame get into spots like that that actually matter for the executive administration of the lives of black people, they have an obligation that is larger than themselves to do right by Mm. us and to do right in the office because that has ramifications down the road. Detroit has a white mayor right now for the second term, blackest city in the country, whitest mayor in the country. Mm. It don't need to be that way. And part of that is because Kwame acted a fool when he was up in there. That said, Kwame deserved 30 years. I'm glad he's coming home. And, uh, I mean, Kwame's a big dude. He don't need to be sitting in no jail cell. Well, I mean, a big dude can protect himself, and I disagree with you. And I think (laughs) this should be the era where we hold people doubly accountable who do things to black people, black people who Mm -hmm. do things to black people. I don't think he should come home, and especially since they were – Trump was inspired by Diamond and Silk. I think that by itself (laughs) makes this whole – yeah, he he said the Detroit native inspired him, Diamond and Silk, uh, to to get – Let's keep it it thorough. I mean – Kwame's a moron, right? And I, I'm not a Kwame fan, but ain't nobody who didn't hurt somebody physically. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think when we give you our trust, and this, I'm saying yeah. this is the new normal. This is the new place that we need to be collectively as black people as Wellness Wednesday. Part of our healing has to be to hold one another accountable. If we mm-hmm. give you our trust and you come in, you breach that trust, you should be held doubly accountable. You should be held doubly accountable for what you do to us in that black skin. And I think we, we have been giving too many people a good pass because they're black and we don't air our dirty laundry and we don't let people <laughs> yeah. know. And we go, you know, to our detriment because yeah. we sit no, here today no with no a lot of compromising that. that we can't reconcile with because we've compromised our way into this place of mediocrity. No That's more. Right. That's right. Draw that line, that hard line. Kwame, come home, sit That's your right. ass down, never come back into public life. We're not going to do a Mary and Barry, you know, on you. We're not. <laughs> You know, but you cause... should still do good. Like you could still, yeah, yeah, you know, yes, you talk to do... some folks yeah. in Detroit, and they—it's kind of a—was he trying to buy an NBC type of thing? It's kind of like, well, he was about to do some really good things. Whatever you was about to do, that the <laughs> people them still believe you was about to do, do that. Yeah, maybe not in public no. office, but do that good thing that people believe that you was gonna do. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.